Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tattoos with Intention podcast where we unpack the tattoo paradigm. I'm your host, Mark Nera. So we have a tattoo artist this episode. His name's Shane Gallagher-Coley. I met him last year. He was passing through Sydney and reached out to myself and we had a, a chat about a few different things which were pretty spectacular. And he has a lot to illuminate for us around the role of particularly ancestry in our tattoo journeys. So he's from New Zealand. He's a spiritual tattooist and energy healer. He brings together the ancient combination of spiritual connection, healing, and tattooing to raise his clients' vibration so they become more balanced, more connected, and they can just experience being a human in a fuller way. So he lives on the Gold Coast in Australia. He specializes in Maori, Tamoko, Kiratui, Polynesian, Celtic, Nordic, Aboriginal, Filipino, Mendi, black work, large graphic body designs. And in this chat, we obviously talk about history, as our month indicates, but we talk about a few different other things as well, which are super interesting, like divination, using tattoos for healing or therapeutic benefits, and what we need to have in our awareness moving into tattooing in our current day and age, and the relevance of things that have been used in times past and where we're at today. So without any more rambling, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. Definitely worth listening all the way to the end as we get more comfortable and into the conversation. And I'll have all of the links to Shane's work below in the show notes. So definitely hit him up if you want to expand on any of the conversations we open up. Very friendly guy. If you want to get any work done by him, he's a technically very proficient tattooer. He's been tattooing longer than I've been alive, which is pretty spectacular as well. And a thank you to you, Shane. Appreciate the chat, mate, and look forward to chatting to you down the line. All right, enjoy. Well, thanks for joining me, Shane. Appreciate it, man. And, All right. Um, thanks for thanks for thanks for contacting. That's cool. Well, I mean, thank you for contacting because that we backtrail a little bit. It was you reaching out when you came to Sydney. We teed up that first time that really started the conversation that we're having. So, yeah. appreciate that. So, yeah, maybe maybe we'll just start with a little bit of your own history and story and just introduce you yourself to the people listening anyway i'll have all of your links up at the end of the chat but we'll just keep it easy and just maybe tell people how long you've been tattooing how you got into it and what you're doing now just to overview so people know who they're listening to when we get to okay. the history stuff <laughs> yeah i'll try and keep it as short as possible yeah and we've got time too bro so there's, there's a lot under the belt here very my name's Shane Gallagher-Coley. I've been tattooing for 34 years now. So I guess, where did I start? I started, I didn't really think about becoming a tattooist. I, I was always good at art, but I never thought I'd actually take me up tattooing. And, and back then, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Yeah. So the initial thing was, I was staying at a place, this is back when I was like 17 or something, something like that. It was, Platting in, in, in like a punk house, and this guy just got out of prison and was staying with us. And he wanted to, but it was another guy with us that was flatting with us, and he wanted this guy to tattoo him. So he he made up a just a homemade prison tattoo machine, and he made he built it out of a tape deck motor and bent spoon handle and yeah yeah I've, I've seen those that seen those ones yeah yeah. And then I was watching that and watching do that. And that was uh, probably a, a year later. I was in a, I was living in another place. So at first initial place was I was in Wellington. Okay, this is right. Yeah. I'd moved to Christchurch. I was in a place by myself there and some of my friends were hassling me about doing a tattoo. Oh no, someone wanted a tattoo machine made. And I was like, oh, you'll know how to make one of those. So I made one up. 
And the guy never came back to get it. And it was just sitting around at my place. And my friends at the time were all always hassling me. He's tatted me, chatting. And, you know, I was like, nah, 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 nah. And then one night we were partying and I came down and I gave one a tattoo and turned out all right. And then another friend wanted one, another friend, another friend. And then it's just, okay. I just got, it just grew from there. And, and I, I was using that machine for probably three years. Yeah. And wow. people were entering, people oh, were entering wow. show, wedding and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm using this like little piece of shit. And that's like actually giving me results. And so I just tell him. Was it intentional at the start? No, or was it just like, really. te- it was just technical. It was just technical. And I was just doing it to survive really. Yeah. I didn't have it. I was, I didn't have a job and I was like, didn't really have any, I didn't have any money on. So people would maybe give me a bit of money or give me, just give me things for Tato. Yeah. So you help me get by. And then I, I started making a little bit of money and saving it. I ended up getting a, a tattoo kit from Sporting and Rogers. They used to be the only thing you could really get back then. That was a professional, yeah. they were professional gears. And you had to send away to the US for that and wait like four months until you got it. Then that's there. Yeah, I started using that. And it kind of grew more and more from there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just technical. Just, like it wasn't really doing anything intentional or anything energetic or anything like that. It was just with, with teaching myself how to tattoo. I think it's an important starting point. Hey, it's just getting some technical ability. Yeah. But such a different time. Such a different time. People can just like, if they want to do a tattoo now, they can just get the gear and have the Instagram page and it's happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all on a plate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had to, we to make everything back. Yeah. Every morning, soldering needles, making needles, even the tubes, the tips, we had to, we'd get like little, like mm-hmm. tubing, like what, uh, what might have 10 or whatever back then and store it and solder it onto the tube. And like everything gets to be made. We cut our own springs. Yeah. Like, so it was hours doing that before you can think about tattooing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So what, when did it sort of move into the space that you're in now? Like when did you start becoming more aware of the, the nature of it? Like, was it through people you were tattooing or did yeah. you? Yeah. It was a bit of both. I think, I guess, yeah, I just started seeing that happening with my clients. This yeah. is years yeah. later. And when I was getting more into, especially the Maori work, the tamaku work, where you're using patterns that really do contain a certain energies and connections. And so when I was working on these people, I could see, you know, things happening with them. That there was a and it, a shift would happen with them, or I can't really describe it. Like people, I mean, it wasn't just with the tamaku; it was with a lot of all, all ranges of. All styles of tattooing where people were coming back going, look, that really changed my life or something really happened when yeah. after that or, and just my understanding around it as well and just talking to them about it. What was, what does this mean to you? What's it bringing to you? Um, yeah, yeah. how is this going to affect you from now? Like, is this a pivotal moment in your life? Is this, and even if they didn't realize that it was for them. So they come back and go, well, it really changed my life. We're going to change after yeah, that. Yeah. You learn a lot when the tattoos come back, hey, and you listen, you're just like, I know for me, that's when I started getting more awareness around it. It's just mm. literally getting that feedback from people and being like, oh, okay. So that's a potential that just happened for that person. Or, mm. yeah. yeah. And then like, I started thinking, look, from a young, when I was a kid, I could see like, I could see the vibration of things around shape, like a wine vibrating around it. And sometimes when I was working on people, I would, this is where it really started to change for me. When I started to, cause I moved into more just freehand, just drawing on the creating at the time. No, nothing was created beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I waited till that would be it. And I would just let go. I wouldn't let any of my influence or anything happen to influence the designers. Let go and let what comes out. And sometimes I would see even all the lines vibrating on their skin like this, like, and I just follow those shapes. Or I just let go and just start drawing and whatever came out would come out. 
And it would always resonate with them. It would be something that right. just always worked the best way. Yeah, so that's just being more intuitive in the designing process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think it is like that's, that you're connecting in with in that process? Do you think it's like their spirit that is influencing the design or do you think it's maybe yours? What's the, if you're trying to put language to it, it's hard, like you said, it's hard <laughs> yeah, to describe these uh, things, but. Yeah, that's hard. It, um, it's, I kind of feel like the, the design is already there. Mm. It's already there. I, I thought you might say something like that, where it's like there's the energetic patterns there. It just hasn't been tattooed yet. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's what they need there is already designed like, and it's just waiting for it to be manifested into a visual yeah into the into them and i don't know just when you're putting shapes on or have certain patterns and designs onto people you're putting it when you put it into their skin it's now part of them and if it's that design or that pattern already has a vibrational frequency that it's emitting which shapes do lines and shapes do and now it's within their energy field is now so that vibrational frequency is now part of their vibrational frequency and if it's a beneficial one if it's something that's that's beneficial for them it's raising their frequency yeah yeah it's adding to yeah totally that's i think a lot of the time if you can do that process of being present enough to intuit like clean cleanly and clearly it's like some higher version of them that wants the marking to be on or in their field, on their body and in their field to, to help them progress, right? Through yeah. life or to guide them or whatever. But for myself, before I was aware of that intuitive aspect, so I wasn't as clean, like a lot of mind clutter. I've found with people coming back that it can go the other way. Like you said, the tattoo's already there for people, but if you're not clean enough to receive it, you can tattoo someone with something that isn't already there. And then that's in their field. And then mm. that has a result. Yeah, absolutely. It goes the other way. It, yeah. You've got to be really, you've got to be aware of, constantly aware of what you bring, what you bring to it. And I mean, because it's your energy that you're in and anything around them and them. I mean, yeah, the energy can be trans, you know, transmitted. It can be transformed. It can be infused. So while you're creating this pattern or this design or this tattoo on them, it's also been infused with what energy you're carrying. Hmm. So this is really important to like, to clear yourself of any, anything that you're going to, that you could possibly bring into that session. And this is where with intentional tattooing or what's the intention behind it, or even like, this is why in the past. The ancients used karakia and prayer and blessing and song while people were getting tattooed because it was bringing that energy to, to that space and, and fusing as those lines are being created, it's infusing those lines with that energy. Yeah, totally. So it's transmitted. It's transmitting that energy into it. It's, it's like, it's everything. Science always measures material energy or physical energy. And it, like the quantity of energy, where this is where we've got to look at it as a quality of energy. Yeah. And, and that's measurable as well. Like energy, emotions are energy, anger is energy, love is energy, all these different levels of energy, which we create as a human also measurable. And, that, and if it's energy, then energy can be stored. That can be, like I was saying before, it can be stored, it can be transmitted. So you can. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they store energy into a battery, we can transmit in it, uh, that energy, that positive energy into the lines of the, that tattoo into that shape. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And I mean, and into so many different parts of it, it's like it's into the ink, into yeah. the cells. Yeah. Like you said, just yeah. everything's kind of being like absorbed in that space. Yeah. You know? I mean, the. A shape has is, is vibrating a certain energy, and it, and it does. I mean, this comes the ancients knew all of this. That's why they use certain shapes and sacred symbols in in, in their work and whatever they were doing, whether it's tattooing or not, it was other reason. But they understood that shape emitted 
certain energies and frequencies and may some would be beneficial and some would be detrimental. And this is where they were using magic and, and for healing, for the law of resonance. Yeah. If a certain shape is similar to a shape in nature, then it's going to resonate with that. You know, so bringing that, that energy from the physical world into that pattern, like you've got two tuning forks mm. and you bang one and it starts ringing. The other one starts ringing as well. Yeah. It's in resonance. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what's happening when you're creating certain patterns that are in resonation with the things in nature. And that's why such, so many of these ancient patterns have stayed the same. Yeah. Through thousands and thousands of years, they stayed the same because that's their resonance with that's the actual physical, physical world. Yeah, that's their link or their connection. Yeah, yeah. So what's so we get a bit of a picture for the people listening. What's your background? What's your genealogy? Because you draw on different patterns from those from those lines. Yeah, well, admits Jim, I'm from New Zealand, and I've got. There's also other cultures in there with Scottish and Irish and yeah, Viking and stuff like that. So it's just, I'm a mixture of a whole lot of things, but I guess with a lot of the, uh, yeah, it's just, I have more, nowadays it's more of an interest in bringing back the way things were. Because the business, what's awesome about Maori culture is that the restored or um, yeah, revived and restored and brought back before that nearly got lost, but it's here. And what we need to do is now as well is start bringing back other cultures, ancient ways of doing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, all humans, all humans should be, I feel receiving in that way or have the option to, regardless of where we're from, right? Or what mix we are or the rest of it. So yeah, there are all those like cultural lines. But then I remember you saying you also did some study in another like geometric type of learning. I think it was like biogeometrics or something. Yeah. You said informed a lot of, informed a lot of that relationship that you now have between energy and pattern. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that really helped me understand what, what was happening and how shape emits energy. So it's an Egyptian knowledge. So the Egyptians, all cultures understood this. It just happened to be that this, the, these teachings were through an Egyptian knowledge. Yeah. But yeah, but it just, it was, it, that those teachings kind of explained how shape creates and emits an energy and how it can be beneficial, detrimental, how it can affect the environment around it, how you can tweak it mm. to be more more powerful and how you can, when you're designing it for someone, how you can match it to their frequency, how you can tweak it so that it's more beneficial for them. Yeah. Because everyone has, a, it has their own frequency as well. Yeah. So they taught me things of how to measure that and how to read it um, with like this little tools that they're Egyptian tools. Some of them are, they're just like neutral tools that we can use to, to test the pattern that we've drawn. Does it resonate with this person at its highest or do we, can we tweak it a bit to make it even better for them? Yeah. yeah. Uh, now you can test patterns to see if they're actually beneficial or detrimental to them. Well, I mean, looking at that idea of like a detrimental pattern, and like you said, a lot of ancients have used geometry in all facets of life and creation, right? Not just tattooing, like building or painting or their textiles or whatever it happens to be, right? So the detrimental aspect, do you feel like, well, I mean, I feel like this, so I'd like to hear your opinion, that a lot of the way that our current societies have been structured, especially the physical manifestation of buildings and spaces and stuff, is more of those detrimental geometric layouts and shapes. Definitely. Yeah. 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 The, the, these teachings actually went through that and how, right. how it's being changed into these buildings now are not emitting beneficial energies for us. We're not resonant with them at all. Yeah. Like they would build buildings and structures back then um, that were emitting certain energies. So if they were building a place that was for 
a place for learning. You have to make sure it was emitting a beneficial energy that helps you learn. Yeah, right. Through shape, through the shapes that they put into that structure. Or with a healing place, they would make sure that that building and the designs or the layouts of the wall or whatever were emitting that healing energy. They did so many things. So it's an Egyptian thing, but all cultures had this with their artworks and their carvings and their symbols. There was a scientist, Louis Theron, Terrain or something. Years ago, he went there and he developed this, uh, a, a machine or a tool that could pick up the vibration frequencies of the hieroglyphs. And then all there was like 12 different frequencies that these hieroglyphs would resonate we're emitting. Yeah. And so we've got to look at a design or a pattern like that, not just as a static, just there. It's, it's, we've got to look at it like it's a circuit, that it's like a, it's a circuit emitting energy. And what was noticed is all we had when this guy was going around testing, but there were a lot of the hieroglyphs that had been, had someone come along for a chisel and kind of cut it out of it, cut the line. Mm. And when he measured those ones, there was no energy coming from. Like the circuit had been cut. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. So, we, so the understanding around this is that when you create a line or a shape, there's a motion frozen. Yeah. The movement. It's movement, it's movement frozen, like in the state. Yeah. So even though you know, you've created it and it looks like it's just sitting there, that could create, that the whole action of creating it has created a, like a path an or a direction. Yes, it's got a, it's got a centering point, which is a, which is the, the centering point of creation and the shape of it emits a certain vibrational energy. And so energy is kind of, it's like you're creating a consciousness in the design. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we look at animism, like animism, where the ancients before shamanism, animism was a thing that didn't, you know, course believed in, which was that everything had. A consciousness, everything yeah. had energy or a soul or a spirit. Yeah, like life, life force. The tree, the stone, yeah. the sky, water. So, and creating shape, we're, we're, you know, you're creating the consciousness. Totally, totally. Or when you create a tattoo, I tell everyone I tattoo, like, whether they think I'm nuts or not, I'm like, your tattoos are alive. I say, when I'm doing any type of singing or blessing or prayer or whatever, it's like, yeah, it's for you, but I'm talking to your tattoo because your tattoo is listening. And then, and you're using it, you're yeah, using totally. that as well. Totally. It's... Totally. But backtracking to the, the movement being frozen in time, I started becoming aware of that because I'd be tattooing people and like, say I was doing a mandala, I'm always shading the rings in it in, in a direction where they'll like, they'll fade out or they'll fade <laughs> in. They're the only ways they can go. And I'd be having conversations and I'd be like, okay, this person's talking about wanting to like emit a particular energy, like say from their heart or from wherever. And yep. then uh, without thinking, we just start shading it in the outward direction. Yep. And I was like, oh, like the tattoo literally is taking that on in the, in its form. It's producing mm -hmm. that same energy. Or if they wanted to like bring something in, draw something in or like close up a space, protect it, I'd end up shading it in. But mm. subconsciously, and I was like, oh, my hand's doing that direction. And I started to link that, that the way you put it in your actual movement, like we were saying, has a big impact. You know? But the design is guiding you. Yeah. And that's where like once it's already created, so it knows what it needs to be and it's guiding you to create it. That is definitely another way to look at it. You're just, yeah. the, you're the tool, you're the conduit, you're the thing that's bringing it into visual manifestation so letting go letting that happen and listening and just letting it guide you is the it is the, it was really important and yeah that's how i work with it it's yeah. just letting it let me know how to put it there yeah yeah well i guess that's that answers our our intuition question earlier like what it is to be letting go and what's guiding it. it's like the tattoos kind of guiding the whole process isn't it yeah but that's informed by them and then we as the artist kind of have to just let go of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really important. So when I'm going, sometimes I'm not, I don't, it's, we're looking at uh, a lot of, when people, where you go to get tattooed nowadays and there's a lot of, you go into, might be in a, in a studio or shop being tattooed and 
you know, this what's being talked about, even where the energy has been brought into that situation, like in the corner, they've got UFC fighting on the yeah. screen, and, and then they've got a certain music playing, or the person is just talking about their, their how bad their relationship is, and bitching about this or that, and it's like, wow, you're infusing all the stuff into this tattoo. Oh my god! Yeah, totally. And, and no wonder you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, the person's get receiving this tattoo that's that should be kind of help helping them or shifting them. And it's like you're actually being infused with all this other pollution. Pollution, pollution, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. You're polluting the, you're polluting the design, you're polluting the yeah. um, patching. Yeah, yeah, it's happening all the time, man. It's happening all the time. That's why. Need to be more conscious of that. Yeah, and you can. The thing is, you can remember if you tune into your tattoo, all of those different things that have gone in. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. Yeah. So that tattoo is triggering those memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's now a memory. It's now, and that tattoo holds that memory. Even that ink, then particles in the ink, because it's been abused, has now voided that energy. And like we were saying, you were saying before about our cells pick up on that, because our cells pick up on the vibrational frequencies in our environment, and then they react to it. The receptors on our cell pick up frequencies in our environment, and our cell responds to that environment. So if we've just put it designed enough, and carrying and, and it's emitting this freak, this memory, this frequency. It's affecting ourselves. It's literally affecting how ourselves reproduce. Yeah, yeah, it's wild stuff, man. So cool. The other thing that I've been noticing you doing more of, or maybe not necessarily doing more of, but showing that you're doing it more, is the divination work that you do. Oh yeah, yeah. If you want to talk to that for a bit, I mean, I'm personally interested because I do a little bit of it, but yeah, I think you're potentially more well-versed. Do you use it with your tattooing? That's kind of specifically where I'm at. Do you use your divination tools within the tattoo practice or is it just like a life tool? Both, yes. Sometimes, yeah, I'll bring it into the work or into when I'm working with the client. It helps with bringing awareness to what kind of energies we want to bring to that session. Sometimes it gives them a little bit more clarity around what, why they're there even. Yeah. Why they're getting this. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, what's, let's give a background on divination generally, because some people that are listening might not even have a context for what it is, but it's like divining basically. So it's like communicating with something beyond the physical senses through a tool. Yeah, so depending on what tools you're using, there's lots of different ones. All cultures have different ways of using divination. But again, it's to do with symbology, it's to do with resonance. So the symbols and the symbolic value of the tools connect to, yeah, certain other worldly, I don't really know how. I get stuck when I'm trying to explain, like, is that because I don't want to, I don't want to get in any kind of religious you don't want to pigeonhole uh, yeah wording to confuse it with that sort of thing but yeah. it connects with uh, yeah the universal energies it connects with your own higher self so it's, let's it's a lot of people in cultures that use it to predict the future or, or give information on what could come but it's also used for just enlightening yourself really about around certain aspects or things that are going on with you or yeah. things around you. Just, it's like a guidance trigger. It triggers your own inner guidance system to look at things differently or to examine things that you might not have seen it in a certain way. Go find it really helpful. <laughs> Sometimes you've got something kind of stuck on or you wake up a very this or what's going on with, uh, I don't know, whatever in life or in yourself. And using the tools of divination helps kind of see things in a different way. It brings other information. It's like a catalyst to. Like another angle, hey? Yeah. Like you see yeah, it in a different angle. space. Yeah. And what divination tools do you use? Like I've, I mainly have used cards, like yeah. used the tarot. I haven't used runes before. I know that's another like common one that's around yeah. now. 
Yeah, I use I use cards. I use I use runes. I use uh, Ogham or Om, uh, Staves or or Fader. They're a Celtic version of like Viking runes. Okay, but yeah. they're a Celtic version. That the Druids use use these for divination and for healing, for magic, for they all connect to the trees. Each rune is a different tree energy. But there's many, there's so many layers of it, which well, each rune has a different color, has a different energy, has a different other world concept, the oceanic concept, the city concept. Oh, wow. That right. You can associate whatever you're trying to work out with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's also used for writing. It was the earliest form of writing. I was going to say, it's another language. It's yeah. a complete language, which, like any language, would take time to learn. How long did it take yeah. you to get your head around using that type of language? A long time. Yeah. I still am. I'm still there. Yeah, there's just so many layers in it. I think if we, with this sort of stuff, you are always learning. Yeah. Because yeah. there's more and more aspects that things can relate to or be pulled into the different, like, if you look in a tarot, there's some cards. Yeah. Yeah. Archetypes that the cards yeah. represent. And then we're also always creating it too. Like, we're, like if you're seriously learning it, I find you end up in a space where you're like creating too because everything's changing. So it's like if you're learning it, you almost have that responsibility to sort of keep it going as things yeah. change, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, because a lot, of it's, a lot of it is intuitive. So you are assigning your own experiences and your own interpretations to the each tool each one of these as well through through experience through through seeing what comes out mm. what happens after and if there's a pattern that's evol evolving or growing then you know that attributed to that symbol or that card or whatever yeah. so you're, you're you gain your own knowledge there's no real i mean there's basic concept and rules with these things but a lot of it is developing your own understanding yeah i'm trying to get like for myself so that i have some more language when i'm working with people and being able to read their tattoos trying to develop a little framework so it's like a form of tattoo divination or tattoo mancy which has yeah. been really like enjoyable to do because it's it, it is it's a living even that becomes its own living thing so you start having this yeah this yeah. feedback where it's like confirming things or not yeah yeah yeah, well, I use a lot of, I use, do a lot of scrying as well, which is, uh, yep. I use smoke for that. Time, like scrying, uh, I don't know where it is. It's when yep. you're just, when you're just looking into something. It's sort of, it's sort of kind of a meditation and I use smoke. I find that smoke is, it works really well for me. So I use, I burn, I burn a charcoal and I put a different. Oh, yep. Resin. I put some pine resin on there or some juniper or cedar and I burn and that's burning and the smoke coming up and then I have a candle there and just staring into that in a kind of meditative state kind of brings I don't like using the word answers but like insight uh, insights yeah insights yeah what you were contemplating yeah, yeah yeah totally oh man I haven't used smoke before but funny you bring it up because last night I said I was out of range I was up in like one of the ranges here and these traditional this traditional couple were doing like a clearing on a friend's property and yeah. they did this smoking and it was amazing, man. I haven't seen smoke worked with like that before. Yeah. They had all this really like wet bark that they'd been soaking for days and they really burnt the fire down. And then they had this huge plume, but just completely, if you stood in it, you'd disappear. Yeah. It was so beautiful to watch, hey! And then each person that stood in it, the smoke did a different thing. Yeah, like regardless of the wind, it was like it was yeah. so amazing. Well, well that'd, that'd be responding to the, each individual's energy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know the different shapes, the different things that come from smoke. Uh, uh, you know that that brings insights, it brings it triggers things, and yeah, these are there's so much. But we hold so much information, we hold so much memory. That is his, we're going to access and our, not only our, we have, we hold cellular memory, we hold bloodline memory, we hold spiritual memory, lifetime memory. So our, we, we carry our ancestors' experiences with us here now. 
Yeah. And, but we just, you know, we're not, most of the time we're not aware of it. And we, we carry all the information. We're part of everyone that came before us. We're literally the living part of everyone before us right now. We're the spearhead. We're the point. Yeah. Right now, we're the guardian of everyone before us. And we represent everyone that came before us. And so within us, in our DNA and in our cellular memory, we do hold in our energetic makeup, we do hold information and memory from our ancestors. And through these different ways of like, like divination or scrying or dream or meditation, whatever you're using and just working, just being aware of it, you start receiving information and downloads and they start coming to the forefront instead of just being sitting dormant and you know, whether it's in our blood, ourselves, our DNA. Yeah, you or activate it, you wake it up, hey. Yeah. I think that's a big job of, a big part of tattooing is waking that stuff up. Like when you, yeah. when you go into a tattoo and you're like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. And like, you want to, you want to be recognized from somewhere else by universal consciousness. You want mm. that recognition. The tattoo starts to like wake all of that up in, you know, yeah. in a very yeah. real way. But I think that's a perfect entry into the tattoo history stuff. We're talking about the fact that we are our ancestors. We sort of have access to all of that. It's what I, I think what I think is important now days is to really bring awareness to everyone's own culture and what they should, what, and what they get tattooed. Yeah. There's so many people from different cultures getting other cultures tattooing because yeah, yeah, they're not aware totally. of their own culture's history. And so you've got a lot of Europeans getting Maori tattoo or Polynesian tattoo because, I mean, they're attracted to them. They like them. They like the time and stencil that they like. They're leaning, stuff like that, but it isn't theirs. And what we need to start bringing is looking at their own ancestors and their own prehistory and, and bring those pet forward to us and bringing that alive. Like Māori have kept alive their, their form of tattoo and their patterns and everything like that. So to do, do the other cultures need to do that. We need to bring it back so that we're representing those ancestors. And I think something that I've noticed as well in my work when I'm working with multi, multicultural people, like people with different bloodlines, I, I think bringing in the understanding and the, and of your own ancestors and acknowledging your ancestors is very important. And a lot of people that are of mixed cultures or mixed bloodlines will usually only represent one. Yeah, right. Like they'll like pick. They'll just choose one and like, that's why ancestors and ignore another line. The other line, especially when in recent history, that line has caused a lot of trouble. A lot of damage to their other culture. And what I like to help people understand is that, yeah, that's there and that's happened in recent history. And I mean, recent history is in like the last two, 2000 years. Yeah. 200, 2000 years or whatever. But we need to look back further to do our ancestors before any kind of colonization of anywhere and look at what our those ancestors were doing and how they lived and what tattooing they were doing and representing our ancestors at that level, not like not dismissing a, a bloodline within us because of recent, well, wow. recent history that caused trouble. That, that's something we need to look further back and because we are, whether we like it or not, part of that. Yeah. And yeah. How do we really need to acknowledge our whole self, we can't just acknowledge half ourselves or a quarter of ourselves or only that. How can we be whole if we're not even acknowledging our whole self? And so we need to acknowledge all our ancestors. They're yeah. all standing behind us. They're all helping us. They're all standing there. So we need to acknowledge them as well, not just ignore. And so, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff that's happened in recent years like centuries and a couple thousand years or longer but we need to within that find that we, everyone wasn't always bad not everyone yeah. did bad things 
And it was not all coaches did bad things. And coaches have done things to each other all through history. Uh, but they're not usually because of their individual person, because of some other higher leaders or religion or whatever. Something that else. Be the catalyst to, to, to bring this kind of disruption in, into place. And the thing with, uh, say, with Western culture and, and how, how they're living now is that there's hardly any kind of concept of ancestral reverence in the culture anymore yeah and it's like it's been so long that the ancestors probably can't even hear us now even if we did try but we've got to try reconnect to them because right, they're here. that's super important man look further back yeah look further back than what the recent history is a lot yeah and look we can we can change we will not change we can't change what's happened what we are now, we are the representative of every, everyone before us. So do we keep coming together and acknowledging our own bloodline and walking forward with that, with a heal intention and a, a, a teaching, intention of bringing, of walking together with this instead of the vision that's been created over all these years. Yeah. We need to work to get, work to walk together on this. Not I've used an analogy sometimes when if you're only representing or acknowledging one line of your ancestors, then you're only rowing on one side of the boat, on the one side of the canoe. And if you keep, you're not, if you're not acknowledging the other side where they can be rowing as well, you're just going to keep going around in circles. Yeah. The more you're rowing on one side, it's going to keep going around in circles. Nothing's going to go forward until you acknowledge you, all your ancestors from all bloodlines. That's then you're all rowing together and you're going forth. Right. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and that, I think you're right. There's probably so many people guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. I don't acknowledge all of my ancestry, partly because it's hard to find. And that's the other thing. It can be hard to dig around and find those connections and stories. But I guess that's part well, of the work. You've got to make it priority. Hey. Well, that's right. And the cultures have they've made so so yeah. so much ground on destroying cultures and it doesn't matter what culture in lots of the european cultures were destroyed a long time ago a pre-religion pre christian pre-catholic those they attempted to wipe out those understandings and those belief systems in cultures but they ask there's still remnants of it that we need to really dig deep and find and connect to that and bring back the, the old ways of our belief systems and just connecting to our ancestry and finding out what we're talking about tattooing and connecting to our ancestors and our culture through tattooing. Yeah. Try to find out what we can. And, and you know, there might not be very much left because it's been destroyed. It's been forgotten. Take what is left and, and grow it and create on that and bring it back in that way where it's, you might only be a few patterns left of whatever European culture or whatever culture over there, but start using them and then start growing it because but when you start using them, it's going to start triggering memory around those symbolic representations that we can now grow. And it's going to start reconnecting us to the times back then. It's going to start opening us to create more designs that relate to that. Totally. We'll start remembering. Yeah, it gives me, I, I see a visual analogy of like, there's just a, a seed left or just a cutting of a plant, but you can grow like so much from that, you know? Yeah. Then, then it's our it. responsibility to do that now. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, really, no matter how small it is, we grab it and we honor it and we bring life to it and then we grow it and we grow on it and we create more from it. But it's in the, that's where it starts from, that seed. We're not we're taking it from someone else's culture. Mm -hmm. We don't need to do that. We can grow our own. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so good. You kind of just went through the list psychically and answered a whole bunch of the last questions I had there. <laughs> I was like, what's, what do you think is the most important thing for people to think about now in uh, and bring awareness to, which I think you've nailed that with the ancestry side of it and bringing that into their tattoos. And then the other questions were around like first tattoos. And you know, I think that the ancestry piece relates really heavily to that too. If you're going to sort of start this tattoo journey, having an awareness of who you are going into it's probably fundamental 
Yeah, that's great. I can feel some new tattoos coming on. You've activated yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. And it's good to bring that up to your clients as well. Like if they're not sure if they're coming to you with some another culture's kind of style, it's actually like, let's win, click to your, what gene, and a lot of people don't even know the genealogy, but what, and what, what kind of we should bring some of your people into this. Mm-hmm. And I've done this with, so I work on a lot of Māori and Māori, um, a lot of Māori mixed as well. They've got English or Irish and Scottish and Croatian and there's a lot of animosity there with, with, with the other, yeah, even their own ancestors with that. Yeah. Like, fuck, I'm part of, I'm part English or fuck. And, and, right, and rightly so, but we've got to kind of honour and not just think that you're that. That part of that culture's history is what, you don't have to represent that. And you don't have to be that. You're not that. Yeah, you're the you know, new And yourself right here now, you're not that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah, important so, conversation, important direction to take with people. Yeah, wow, wow, that's so good. Okay, and the last thing I wanted to ask about was cover-up tattoos. And I guess maybe a good way to go about it would be like, have you had any tattoos covered yourself? No. Nothing, wow. No, because, I mean, there's been times in my life where I've considered it, like there's a couple that I come and I get the then I stop and go, hang on. I got that thing for that reason. It's like it's part of me. It's part of my journey. It's part of my story. It's part of what's create what I'm vibrating now. And it's not it's like if I was keeping a diary all my life, I wouldn't go back to that date and rewrite it like like I wouldn't go back to, and, and rewrite a day or a week in my life because like my memory of it isn't I don't want to know about it it's what happened it's part of my journey to here interesting so you know and just that because a couple of them that I have thought of a long time ago like oh did you cover that like and now they're like real old like faded and old and stuff and it's like that's part of it it's part of it's part of me and I guess that it's different for I'm not, I'm not saying this is what everyone should do because they obviously people have Tattoos on them that they just—it's not right for them. They don't yeah. want their imagery on them or whatever. Yeah, mine are that that crushing for me. You know, it's, it's just—it's—I don't really. I mean, I've covered them, but it's like. But there's nothing there that's too negative or nah. triggering or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. I'm with you. Nah. I'm with you. And I mean, I, I understand that you know that people would want to do, and that's okay to change that 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 vibration of that 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 symbolism that you're carrying. That's it. Um, you are changing what? Like you're changing yourself. You're changing the, like, your, the vibration. Your, your frequency, your own frequency. So, yeah. And that needs to happen with a lot of people that have gotten stuff done that are like, oh my God, you've totally changed. Especially racial ones or. Yeah. yeah. Proper negative yeah. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. Nice, man. Cool. Is there anything else before we wrap it up? Because we're hitting that hour mark that you want to put into the conversation for people that have been listening to it and, and then, and also direct people to where they can find yourself as well. If they want to see your work, I'm going to have all links there too, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think what I've just been talking about is kind of adding more. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But my, to find me, my website is ancestortattoo.com. My Instagram is Shane Tattoo. So you say J-N-E-T-A-T-O-U-R. My email is the same as that. ShaneTattoo at gmail.com. I'll put the links up. I'll put the links up anyway so people can click and go through and have a look. And I just want to say thanks for your time, for sharing, man. And for everyone listening, definitely have a look at Shane's work because it's very technically sound and beautiful work that he does. And as you have heard he has a very sound awareness for what's happening energetically in the exchange as well so shane's up in brizzy eh you're in brisbane at the moment i'm on the i'm on the gold coast at the moment i work in brisbane and around the area and yeah you know after these after the borders open i'll be back traveling again which i miss so much i I can't it's killing me not being able to move around and get to places and travel yeah. But I just want to say as well, it just add before we stop with where you were saying, like, have a look at my work and stuff. Cool. Yeah. I've got a lot of work online. 
But I just wanted to mention that a lot of the work that I do where I'm working with certain people in the, in the healing aspect of receiving tattoos and uh, or connections, a lot of the work that I do around that, I, I post on yeah on my online stuff. So you're not going to see a lot of that kind of work because it is private to them and it's a sacred thing. It's a sacred. It's a, I go through a lot of ceremony with this when I'm doing that kind of work. Depending on the level of what we're doing, some people just come to get tattooed. They don't want to go through this yeah. too much ceremony around it. Some people do, and I like to bring that. But the, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I do around that isn't actually posted on my... Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'm very similar now as well. Probably a few years back, I just stopped posting a whole bunch of stuff. It's like only when the person kind of wants that. Does it happen now? I'm just reposting old photos now. Yeah. Because they're already out there. Yeah. And maybe I'll just put a note in here too for everyone listening with what Shane just alluded to is just be respectful of everything that you do see. It's fine to like see people's work online and appreciate it, but not drawing on other people's tattoos and their own stories. That sort of happens way too heavily these days. So just find the appropriate person to work with and like we spoke about at length earlier in the chat what you're going to get is already there so just trusting that process and when you look at other artists work like when i direct people to look at someone's work like shane's it's just so you can see what they produce the quality of what they produce and like we're saying everything has a resonance so when you see someone's work if it looks good to you and it feels good that's a great indicator of someone that you could potentially work with not to pick a tattoo like you would in a catalog. It's not where yeah. it's at anymore. So, but I think most people listening to this will get that. But I think it's, yeah, it's a good thing to, to just touch on anyway. So, yeah. Shane, man, thanks for the chat. So good. I'm going to stop the record and uh, yeah, I'll let you know when it's all up and happening. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. No, you're welcome, man. Cool.